630 Chet Mornings brought to you by Adam Chevrolet. Only 30 minutes south of Edmonton. It's the top of the auto mile in Wetaskiwin. And uh, we've had a chance to chat with our next guest for a few minutes here before we get started. We're down at the Alberta Heart Institute. Yeah. This, Mazinkowski. That's right. Uh, it's Heart Pledge Day in this hour of 630 Chet Heart Pledge Day. Brought to you by Parkwood Master Builders. And yeah, as Shane mentioned, we've just been chatting with our guest off air here, Dr. Jeevan Nagendran. And uh, is an impressive, impressive man. This is, this is outrageous. Dr. Nagendran has uh, 18 years of schooling under his belt. Good God. Yeah, and you're all suited up and you're ready to go. And, and we said, you know, you're ready. And you're doing open heart surgery as soon as you're done with us. Yes, that's right. Come on. <laughs> okay, let's let's back up. You, you you're born and raised in Edmonton. You're you're a local guy. Yes. But you started school in edu- in engineering, right? Yes. Yeah. After uh, high school, graduating from Harry Ainley, I went didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So uh, I was good at math. So I thought maybe a job in engineering would be good. And right. Get to head up to Fort Mac after that. And at the time, my older brother was a resident in heart surgery. And so I'd have conversations with him about it, and it just seemed like it would have been a lot of fun. So from around 18 years old, that was my goal. Wow. Fun isn't something that I would equate with open-heart surgery. I think you have to be kind of wired a certain way. How does your background in chemical engineering help you in medicine and cardiology? Uh, Well, especially with the heart, uh, an engineering background kind of helps you with fluid mechanics. Uh, When we place someone on a heart-lung machine, there's a lot of flow through pipes and Mm -hmm. pumps. And that, uh, that came second nature to me. Um, and that part of it was kind of the fun, was figuring that stuff out at a young age. Wow. Um, and now kind of manipulating the heart in, in certain ways is, is the fun of it. Okay, 18 years <laughs> of post-secondary. How do you even manage to do that? Yeah, it, uh, it, was, it was a bit of a journey. I mean, you know, like anything, you have to enjoy the ride as yeah. you're going through. Uh, I just started really young and uh, never really stopped. That's unbelievable. Okay, so now you're here at the Maz. You're you're an open heart surgeon. Um, what like what's what's it? We hear about this. We hear about surgeons, heart surgeons, cardiac surgeons, mm-hmm. right? Best of the best, brightest of the brightest. What's every day like for you? What do you, what's the day to day, you know, routine for you? Yeah, that's a good question. Day to day is uh, is not bad. We have our surgical timeout where we talk to the patient and then talk to the team. Uh, heart surgery, more than anything, is a team approach. There's several different physicians, allied healthcare workers, nursing staff, and so we go over the plan for the operation at around 0700. Okay. And before 0800, maybe 0745 to 0800, we cut skin on our first patient. When that's done, we take them to an ICU where an ICU doctor and an ICU team take care of that patient, and we bring in the second patient in around the afternoon to do the afternoon case. So you're doing open heart surgery all day, every day? Uh, not not exactly every day, but probably three to four times a week. Wow. Yeah, because we've been talking about just the, the need is just so great. There's so many patients that come through the mass. So you yes. are doing a substantial amount, right? Yes, yeah. You know, in terms of wait lists and things like that, there's, de- there's always, we could always do more. Right. Mm. Always do more. So how important is it then, if we're talking about raising funds for diagnostic equipment, an echocardiogram, for example, how important is it to, to have that equipment for what, what you do? Yeah, you know, and specifically what I do, it's extremely important. Uh, my main focus is in valvular heart disease. And there's a lot you can do without diagnostic imaging. But in order to plan an operation, you have to have good images uh, to know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more you know preoperatively, the better off you are, the more you can plan. 
prior to the technology, is that when we heard more about like exploratory surgery, you'd have to go in and actually do this? Yeah, that's exactly right. Prior to having these types of equipment, one, we wouldn't do half the things we do now. Right, yeah. And then two, a lot of times you you just have to go in and see. And so the risk is through out. the roof then. Exactly. That increases your operative risk as it goes through, whereas now some of these valve surgeries, like the one I have this morning, has an overall risk of around 2 to 3% wow. at most. Holy cow. So, I mean, without being too technical, what are you doing this morning? This morning is a replacement of a mitral valve. Okay. That's uh, one of the valves on the left side of your heart. The left side of your heart's the side that pumps blood to your body. Okay. The other side, the right side, pumps blood to your lungs. And on this side, this patient had rheumatic fever as a child, Mm -hmm. and that affected their mitral valve. And over time, the mitral valve is scarred and narrowed to the point where, and this is what I love about heart surgery, all the concepts are easy. You know, you have to flow through that. Right, yeah. And there's a narrowing to the flow. Okay. And that's causing an issue with the chamber above it. So we have to fix that narrowing. I feel like I would be so calm if I was in Dr. Nagentra's chair. There's something about you that's so reassuring. <laughs> and you're you're talking so much about all of you know the you're thinking about the technical aspects of surgery too. But there's there's a human element to this too. I mean, how oh, yeah. rewarding and fulfilling is this for you to then see that patient make a recovery? Yeah, it's an it's an indescribable feeling for sure. It's uh, it's the whole reason you do the job, um, just to see patients recover. You know, then you see them three months afterwards and, and how well they're doing. Uh, that, that part of it, you can't translate, you can't explain to somebody, but at the same time, it's, it's the only reason you really do it because it's, un- it's unbelievable. So we talk a lot, I mean, w- what you're doing today is, is absolutely amazing, but you've also got a lot of research background, right? You're actually working yourself to make this better for patients. Yes, exactly. Um, during the time I was a resident here at the University of Alberta Hospital, I also did my PhD in uh, basic cardiac science. Okay. Um, and when I came home uh, after my fellowship training in minimal invasive cardiac surgery, I started a lab. And that lab works on the mechanisms of how the valves that we're putting into these patients break down. Because the biologic valves we put into these patients over time break down and don't last. Mm-hmm. And the reason they don't last is because it's a foreign material inside your body and your body's has an ability to have a self non self recognition. Yeah. And when you put in a pig valve or when you put in a cow's heart sac in terms and um, shaped into a valve, your body recognizes this isn't right. Something doesn't belong something here. Something doesn't belong here. And it starts to undergo what we call a chronic immune rejection. But basically it's rejecting that material and that fight with the valve over time breaks that valve down okay and so it's okay if your life expectancy is you know less than 20 years yeah because the valve may last you your whole life okay but for younger patients or patients you know that have a longer life expectancy yeah these valves will eventually break down yeah and they'll either have to come back for another procedure which incurs the increased risk on them Mm -hmm. or they live with this slowly deteriorating valve at some point so our other option is a mechanical valve Mm -hmm. and it also has its own issues so the goal of my lab is to try and find a solution that has a valve that's widely available durable and effective and yeah it doesn't 
doesn't temporary. create blood clots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That ends up working for a while. And when I started looking into this, I just realized how little we understand about this particular issue. And so it's a, it's an exciting field to kind of start emerging and growing. Wow. How inadequate do you feel? Like, very. <laughs> First of all, I mean, I, I felt inadequate when we had 18 years of schooling under Dr. Nagendran's belt here, but uh, wow. wow, what incredible work that you're doing. Just so important. It's amazing. Heartpledgeday.ca, or you can call 780-407-2200. So, Doctor, I'm curious, and you're from Edmonton, so yes. you can probably speak to this. Just, I mean, would you be able to be doing this work in any other city? Edmonton is a, is a hub for cardiac expertise, right? Well, we're so lucky because in terms of heart surgery um edmonton is you know if not the top the top one or two programs in the country it's the only program that runs the full gambit between neonatal cardiac surgery to the extreme elderly in cardiac surgery and, and everything in between um it also has you know both heart and lung transplantation uh minimally invasive cardiac surgery all the endovascular work so in terms of a heart center it's it's really at the leading edge and hopefully uh with things like this we can always keep it there yeah that's the thing I mean, it, it it is a center of excellence as it is but it, it's not easy to maintain that standard right yeah exactly in terms of heart science it's always moving forward right and it's always moving forward at a rapid pace which is part of the excitement around heart science and that's why a lot of people get into it mm -hmm. Um, but with that rapid pace, it means you also have to, if you, one, keep up with that, yep. but then two, to lead in that, you really have to always be pushing. Amazing. And it stays like today's that, you know, help people like this amazing doctor yeah. <laughs> continue to keep wow. pushing like that. I mean, I think we think sometimes about the patients that come through and we know that there's a need, but you kind of forget about the, the people that are the driving yeah. force behind actually providing these treatments and these surgeries. And it's just really, it's incredible work. Yeah, we appreciate you stopping by this morning. So you're off to open heart surgery now. Yes, that's right. <laughs> All right, yeah, no big deal. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, what, what do, you, do you wish a, a surgeon good luck? Break a leg? What, yeah. what, what, yeah, what do you say to a surgeon? Uh, yeah, I just have a good case. Or something yeah, like yeah. That, yeah. Okay. And then how long do you work till tonight? You monitor the whole thing the whole way through, right? Yeah, it can depend. Um, each surgery probably lasts between four to six hours. Okay. But what we always say is, you know, once you're ready to scrub in, however long it takes is however long it takes. Wow. You, you can't really stop. Yeah, if it takes six, it takes six. If it takes 18, it takes 18. Just you just do whatever you have to do. Wow. Yeah, big sacrifice yeah, on the part amazing. of the, uh, the specialists that are here providing these incredible treatments. Doctor, thanks so much for your yeah. time this morning. Well, thank you guys. Well, thank really you for the work it. that you do. No, not at all. It's, not at all. it's, it's, it's an honor. It's an honor. Wow. 18 years. Incredible. Education. And yeah, what a great way to explain kind of what what actually yeah. goes on in, in a surgery. So uh, as we said, 780-407-2200 is the number to call. You can visit heartpledgeday.ca. Uh, what an impressive human being. I'm, I'm just taken back. I, I really truly am. It's... Uh, Fascinating to talk to somebody like that. And but we're goes on. and we're so lucky that that we have specialists like Dr. Oh, McGendron yes, here in exactly. in our city, right, to provide those supports for people that need them. Yeah, if you have heart trouble, that's the kind of guy that you're going to be dealing with that's when you right. come to the Maz, which is. I mean, you can't get better. That's right. right? So you just can't get better. That's where we are today. We're live at the Mazankowski all day until 6 o'clock. It is, of course, Heart Pledge Day. Check out more details and make a donation at heartpledgeday.ca. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.